Well, welcome to another podcast, our very first podcast here at Crossroads 98 in this new year of 2021. We're glad that you're here with us, and uh, we're talking a little bit about the new year today, and and so I hope that you'll uh, stay tuned with us as we get to talking about what what God has in store and what what our part in that whole process is. Pastor Eddie is here with me, and it's good to uh, good to see you across the desk. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad yeah. to be able to get out of bed and take a little nourishment. <laughs> Amen. And above it all, yeah, that's exactly old, right. Well, COVID makes you makes you tired. I can't seem to get back to where I was at, but I'll get there eventually. Yeah, it uh, it does is is a challenging thing for the for many people. Um, as we all know that, but it has challenges that are different, um, kind of across the board, isn't it? I mean, we're finding out that some people have uh, seven, eight weeks um, not regaining their sense of taste or smell, and um, some are even saying that um, it's a possibility that it's that it might be gone. Uh, and what is it after thirty weeks? Is that right? I think that's what they said. If it, I don't. They wonder. I don't know. I don't remember what it said about yeah, that. But that there was something about the fact that that, uh, that some are really having a tough time getting regaining those senses, and that's a tough. That's a tough gig. That's of course, sure. it don't don't help for me being seventy years old. I'm old, so that you know that's yeah. It. And you said you're you got a little bit being a little bit more tired and oh boy, yeah, and, it's hard um, to processes in that but uh you know what uh across the board as we think about all that and think about the individuals and the families that are dealing with it continually we just need to continue to lift them up and place them right in the hands of of god and continue to claim the scriptures Uh, psalms 91 for instance is such a a beautiful chapter of Mm -hmm. about that and so we need to uh, need to continue to face everything that we deal with uh, head on with the truth of the scriptures well and I'm sitting across from Steve. He made a mistake and shaved half his mustache off, so he looks like he's about 15 years old today. So <laughs> I'm not used to seeing that face. So, <laughs> and folks, uh, I will have to tell you that it has been longer than 11 years. Well, I think it might have been close to 11 years. So 10 or 11 years that I've uh, I now I've got stubble. I kept kept a little stubble just to kind of keep things rolling, but. Yeah, it was a mistake. It um, full full swipe across one side of the mustache, not even realizing that that guard was off, and zip, there it went. I stood looking in the mirror, stunned. I I, I could not believe what had just happened. You, know, you so, could have trimmed some off Coop and made your own, I suppose. <laughs> Cooper's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'd have been funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting. In fact, Stacy at lunch today I had lunch with her today, and she said um, the same thing you said. She said, "Well, you, you definitely look younger," and um, and she did say that she liked it, and not necessarily that I need to keep it that way. She didn't tell me, you know, keep it that way. She just said that she did like it, and uh, probably probably. Mm-hmm. Helping my wounded spirit, yeah. probably, yeah. as I realized that I had done what I had done. So, Diane, Diane never says anything really. 
if she would say to me, if you shave that, I'll kiss you more, I'd go home and shave right now. <laughs> Actually, I'd go back here in the church and pull it out. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, anyhow. Well, it's, it is good to be here, here with you here today. And, and as we get started and, and going into the meat of this uh, podcast, I just want to have a word of prayer. Sure. And then um, we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what uh, you are, who you are to us. Um, the fact is that you're unchanging. Your faithfulness endures from generation to generation. No matter what uh, is the up and down um, current of the nations of this world, we know we can rest upon you, we can depend upon you. And Father, in your great wisdom, uh, you said that if you lack it, if we lack it rather, that um, that we are to call upon you and ask for that wisdom. And mm-hmm. so, Father, as we continue to move forward as a church, as individuals, Father, we pray that you yes, would God. just lavish your wisdom. And may we do this each day as we step into a new day, recognizing that we need to surrender to your obedience or surrender to your lordship. And our obedience will be uh, found to bring us joy. And, uh, and we just love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. I pray now that you'll place your hand, uh, send your Holy Spirit, uh, place your hand upon this podcast, and may it um, just go out reverberating in the hearts for the good of you and your mission, Jesus Christ. We love you, Thanks, and we God. thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Pastor, we've got uh, the, uh, the notes in front of us from last week's message, and uh, that was on the, the 3rd of January, and um, it is a Happy New Year, but uh, the, the title of that sermon is Please Follow the Instructions. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, I went, I went in, Paul brought this up to the Corinthians, we learned from our elders and things that's happened in the past, and he was bringing up um, the Hebrew children in the wilderness. The Corinthians had kind of they got it; they were privileged in a way, and and um, I think we're taking God for granted and His leading and His blessings upon them, and that's what um, that's what He wanted to bring to mind. I started out talking about the instructions that we sometimes don't follow about putting a swing set together and things like that. Um, I'm not going to get into that. We did that Sunday. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 11. I'm not going to read that, but that was the, uh, that was the amazing passage of Scripture that Paul brought up to him. And then he lists, he lists the privileges that were experienced by the Hebrews. First was supernatural guidance. And that was, you know, I still can't wrap my mind around that that 24 7 they could now they could see god this kind of glory the the pillar of cloud and the fire 24 7 god never left them he was mm-hmm. he, he was there and you know you try to make that connection that's what the holy spirit instead of looking out and seeing a pillar or a, a cloud the holy spirit is within us and our spirit bears witness with his we see god in ourselves in a sense we sense him he's here which is better than looking out and see it. That's external, but this is internal. This is inside. So, and he he told them when to move and where to move and whatever. That was a privilege. And then secondly, they had supernatural deliverance. Um, Paul also says that the Hebrews passed through the sea. 
Of course, that was the Red Sea. Right. God opened it completely up, and they walked in, walked through on dry land. They never got their feet wet. Of course, the critics would say that, and I've heard this at different times, that it was called, it wasn't the Red Sea, it was called the Reed Sea, and it was only about four foot deep, three foot. So they waded through, and then the chariots got sunk down in the mud and blah, 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 you know. But I believe that's, that's, not the that's what the Bible says. Yeah. I believe it's a miracle. I believe that ground was as dry as this desk right here, that they didn't get any water on them at all. Mm-hmm. And then when the Egyptians got in there, then he closed the, closed the gap on them, and the water drowned them. So they had supernatural deliverance, and then thirdly, they had supernatural leadership, and we and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They, they were talking about the cloud being God and what God did. It, it's not that He uh, He baptized them like we do baptism today. Uh, baptize or the Greek word baptizos, where we get the word baptism, which carries the idea of identifying with something else. You know, when we go under the water, we're identified with Christ. In, in that sense. Right. In Paul's day, if you wanted to have a garment dyed a different color, you would take it to the merchant who would baptize it, dip it, to change its identity. That was the whole point behind that. The Israelites had been spiritually dipped into a union with God, Moses, and Moses' leadership. Notice how they responded to his godly guidance. Exodus fourteen thirty one. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. So that sealed the deal, so to speak. Yeah. And, if, and the, the fourth one was privilege with supernatural food, of course, with manna. And that's another thing that's hard to grasp. They never had to turn a tap for food. They just went out of their tent in the morning, and there it laid on the ground. That's right. Yeah. Six days a week, they had mm-hmm. to save up for the seventh, because if they saved it over, it'd rot. Yeah. God knew what he was, it was oh, yeah. doing. Right? The dependency upon and God. Then, and, and then, yeah. then in their disobedience, uh, they was whining and complaining. They wanted meat, so God sent them quail, and they all gorged themselves on them and made them sick. <laughs> you know, you, you, wonder, you, you wonder if we're ever really satisfied. Even t- We're spoiled today. That's part of our problem, I think, in America. We're a spoiled bunch, and... You know, I don't know if we're ever, if we could ever truly say that we're completely satisfied. Fifth privilege was supernatural drink. With the food came the privilege of God sent water. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. First Corinthians 10 4. So Jesus was even with them in the wilderness, even though he hadn't come to earth as a man yet. Mm-hmm. He was still. He was still in heaven with, with God, and that, that and he brought. You know, Paul kind of brought that out. And then he, he gives us the lessons for the Corinthians and uh, for us as well. 1 Corinthians 10.5, Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. And, of course, we know that they all died but Joshua and Caleb. Moses himself didn't even get to cross the river because right. of disobedience. Yeah. God buried him on Mount Nebo. Now, that's as far as I know, that's the only person... In the Bible, that God buried, that I know of. That's kind of an interesting concept yeah, in a sense, it is. is that. And then why did, you know, why did God do that? Uh, verse 11 says, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So God. Says, and then, then he gave five directories to the Corinthians. 
1, do not crave evil things. The first step to God's instruction is found in verse 6. Now these things happen as examples for us that we should not crave evil things as they also crave them. You know, in, in this day and age, we are surrounded by evil. And I don't think I'm being negative. I think I'm just, it's just looking at it the way that it is reality. Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine what we have at our fingertips now that Satan has used? Everything that man has created for good, Satan has, had, has found some way to pervert it. It right. doesn't matter what it is. Right. You can't name me anything that we've created for good that he's not perverted it. All the way from drugs to on and on and on, the internet, TV, on, the phones, iPhones. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just on and on. And that's, that's all around us, and I think that's a fight we have every day, if we're honest. Second, do not be idolatrous. Put anything you put in the place of God, whether it's a parent, a child, a spouse, a friend, a reputation, a goal, money, a job, doesn't matter. Anything, anything that we put on the throne of our hearts, anything that, that motivates us constantly, that's, that's an idol. Right. Thirdly, do not be immoral. Do not, us, do not let us act immorally as some of them did in verse 8. It says it begins with an evil attitude and continues with the substitution of other things in God's place and results in immorality. And then fourthly, do not try the Lord, questioning God's faithfulness in providing for them. The Hebrews asked, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? They were whining. <laughs> they were whining again. You, you don't test God. Right. You just believe him. And then lastly, they said, do not grumble. You know, my goodness. <laughs> A lot of, there's a lot of grumbling today. It's hard not to not to hear it every day from somebody yeah. complaining and grumbling about something. Yeah. You know, Granny, my Granny used to say, "Well, you'd complain if you was hung with a new rope." So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Jesus summarized the whole point of the message in Luke 12:48, and from everyone who has been given much, shall much be required, and to whom they are entrusted much of him, they will ask all the more. The Hebrews, the Corinthians, and us, we are all prime examples of people God has seen fit to privilege. And all he asks in return is a gracious spirit and an obedient heart. Right. You know, and then and I talked about I talked about how we get full of God's blessings and we spoil. That's the elevator noise, if you want to know what that noise is. <laughs> it's not my stomach grumbling. I had a bunch of I ate a bunch of leftover Chinese food, but I don't think that's it, making that racket. Uh, but no. you, you get, sure. We get full. We, we take in all of, all of God's blessings. If we don't get that out, right. we get apathetic. We, we get spoiled because we don't know what it means to give, if right. that makes any sense. Yep. You know, the great analogy I've always heard and been there and seen it, it is the Jordan River. It starts up in Mount Hermon. Snow melts. This clear, clean water runs down. The Jordan runs into the Sea of Galilee, runs on down into the Dead Sea, and it has no outlet, so it's dead. It stops right there. Mm -hmm. Done. That's why there's nothing living in it, because right. it's dead. Right. You know. So, you know, wrapping that up, um, we find, hopefully, you know, these five stages that the Hebrews and the Corinthians experience, we, some of us might find ourselves in those stages. Our attitude, our idolatry, our immorality, our distrust, and are grumbling and complaining. And then, as always, you ask people to be obedient and listen to the Holy Spirit. I think one of the best questions that we can ask is, what's God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? That I, 
I don't know who said that first, but I, I use it a lot. I like it because it makes so much sense. What is He's saying something to all of us, whether we're listening or not. We got our fingers in our spiritual ears sometimes, but that's yeah. the point. And we we need to <laughs> continue to ask the Holy Spirit to to guide us, um, to correct us, and to remind us that that we are to humble ourselves before the Father, and we we need to be very evident of the fact that he is at work in us every day we we need to be sensitive that way um, whether it's through the scriptures and he will speak to us during uh, the time in the word or whether it's um, driving up you know to let's say you're driving up to Terre Haute and, and you're you've got some thoughts going and something comes across your thought process that that you know you need to be reaching out um, maybe touching, uh, texting someone, talk, calling someone. Um, uh, go ahead and follow up. Be obedient to those types of urges and nudges that that will promote, uh, be very purposeful for kingdom work. And the more and more you recognize those types of things and those those actions in your life, uh, maybe a thought process that you're having that you need to stop and need to redirect. It could be out of anger. It could be out of lust. It could be something that is directed towards uh, a lie, and you need to take captive that and and make it um, and turn it over to God and turn it um, to Him quickly, and uh, and say, Father, uh, rearrange my thoughts so that I can be focused in on You. And so He's going to work in us. He's going to continue to do these things. And you're right. These lessons here um, don't crave evil. Um, you know, goodness, the last one. Don't grumble. That you know, we <laughs> talked about it, and we get into habitual um, actions that that need to be checked. And the Holy Spirit is checking you. Just turn up that sensitivity. A little if bit. if you've got a group of people, and you, it doesn't matter what size, but if you have one or two whiners gets in the mix, they they can change the whole. Because before long, everybody's whining. Yeah. It's like 12 angry men about the jury. One guy held out, and after he hammered them long enough, they all changed their mind and went with him. Hmm. He was the only one that voted. Right. It's, it's crazy how that works. Just for an experiment, you ought to do that sometime. If you get into a bunch of people, just start whining and complaining about stuff. It won't be long till the floodgates are open and they're all doing it. It's just, it's just, that's an amazing. It's like yawning. You get sometimes you see people yawn. It's not long for your yawning. Now I want to yawn. I even I shouldn't even have said that. But <laughs> well, and I think that that when you brought it down to Luke twelve forty eight, uh, where it does say, and from everyone who has been given much shall be required, much shall be required, and to whom they entrust much, of him they will ask all the more. I think we need to make sure that we're paying attention of that, that we are given such um, such gifts, such abilities, such blessings here in the States that um, we need to be very mindful. Uh, start your day off with Thanksgiving. Remind yourself of the blessings God's mm-hmm. given. Um, it can be things that you're looking at. It can be uh, um, uh, the family that, that you have. It can be the health that you have. It could be the food on the table, it could be it, it mental and but be willing to just humble yourselves before the the Father and give 
back to him through rejoicing, through understanding that he is the giver of all great mm-hmm. things. Amen. Yeah. Which leads us into this next week. And and um, we'll just step right into that right now. And and uh, as God continues to work on our lives, Pastor, what's our uh, next t- uh, message? You are unique. I, there's only one you and 7.8 billion people on this earth. That, that, and nobody looks exactly the same unless you're an identical twin. Yeah. That, that just, how could God... You might, you might have a doppelganger, but yeah, it, it, but might, I mean, it might not uh, be identical uh, to you. That's an amazing thing. Your face, features, voice, style, background, characteristics, peculiarities, your abilities, your smile, your walk, your handshake, your manner of expression, your viewpoint... Everything about you is found only in only one individual since man first began. Mm-hmm. Man, and that's that's you. Of course, I'm going to show one of my favorite cartoon characters, Tigger, remember? I'm the only one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. That's what mm-hmm. he says, you know. Um, Psalm 139 is, a, is, is the text, and I've got some other scriptures to go with, with that. I'm only going to read this one. It's 13 through 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, it's David talking to God, and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. It's why I detest abortion. This just proves it right here. Mm. The fetus is a human being that God has breathed life into. Mm-hmm. I'll argue that till I die. Yes. Uh, so, and that's always an issue. But then I, I've got quite a few scriptures that go with that. The Bible tells us that our great God is personally involved in very, very, in the very days and details of your life. You know, that's a that's a great thought, isn't it? I mean, you think about that. Absolutely. Um, and then. The whole thing about getting caught up in culture and and life. Uh, you remember that song by Pete Seeger, uh, Tiny Houses, mm-hmm. Little Houses, mm-hmm. Little Boxes on a Hillside, all, and they all look just the same. It's the kingdom of Ticky Tack. Right. And that's the, but that's, man, we get in that mold of stamping us out. The world's just stamping us out. The culture defines what we wear, a lot of times what we say, where we go, what we do, where we live. It's, it's not, a lot of times that's not God-ordained, it's man-ordained, right. and right. We, we buy into that. You know, it's okay to do your own thing just so as long as it's similar to others when they do their thing. Any other thing is the wrong thing, and I say baloney to that. That's not, Paul said, do not be conformed to the world. It, it, I think it's a dire warning. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold to be like everyone else. you got to be you who God's made you. Right. You know, that's the point. Uh, the great push and desire is to be hip and cool. All all the latest gadgets the whole world offers us. but And we're like sheep sometimes. Jesus calls us sheep in need of a shepherd. And I sometimes I don't think that was a... I think it was almost a derogatory remark. Because sheep are stupid sometimes. Mm-hmm. They, they have to be shown what to do. We're, we can't function on our own. We don't do so well. The, world's just, the world urges us to be politically correct. What does it mean to be politically correct? Definition of politically correct, conforming to a belief that language and practices which could offend 
political sensibilities as a matter of sex or race should be eliminated sometime, disapproving, agreeing with the idea that people should be careful to not use language or behave in a way that could offend a particular group of people. <laughs> Gospel offends people. Right. We can't back away from that because it offends them. Right. We're telling them the truth. They just don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's how I see that. You know, um, it's, it's one reason we are unique as believers in Jesus by the world standards. We'll never be politically correct, ever. Right. We'll never, because we stand against gay marriage, we stand against the issues, we stand against abortion, and these are political issues. We've just seen that in the runoff election. Right. That some of the candidates believe in this. They, yeah. um, you know, I'm not going to get into politics because I get in bad, but I get on a soapbox. But still, I, I, I don't know. It's just these are issues that we're not politically correct on them because we're we're coming from a different uh, standpoint, actually, a, a different ideology. Worldliness is like gravity, always there, always pushing down on you, always exerting its influence on you. As a Christian, you are charged with resisting it day by day. You must and you can. You must because your spiritual life and health depend on it. You can because you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit whose joy is to transform you by the Word of God into the image of the Son of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Right. We cannot allow, allow that to happen in our life. And, we, you know, you got to be careful because it can, it can happen pretty quick. So we're unique. We're set apart for Christ. Uh, let us examine one such unique man, and it's the prophet Amos. Man, he went against the grain. <laughs> Amos replied in uh, Amos seven fourteen and 15. It's a, one of the minor prophets. I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. He wasn't popular, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, he did what God was, was wanting him to do. So, you know, when you speak, there might be an Amos in the crowd or on the Internet when they're listening to you, what, whatever. I'm ending the message with like this. Do I speak to an Amos today who sees themselves as a unique because of who they are in Christ? You actually believe Jesus Christ physically and literally defeated death and rose from the grave. You believe in the triune God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You accept the Word of God, the Bible, as the infallible Word of God, of God Almighty, and it is your authority on your faith and your practice. You believe that the church, the body of Christ, still is relevant and has an impact in our world today. You believe in John 14, when, 6, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So... A lot of times in our life when we are, when we speak up for God, we're not popular and we don't fit the mold, so to speak. Um, what the church needs is a lot more faithful fig pickers who have the courage to simply be themselves regardless. So you're you, you know, and that's who God has called us to be. Uh, I'm going to end with a clip from Ravi Zacharias. Uh, he's dead. You know, he died May 19, 2000. 20, uh, he talks about being unique and who God has made us to be. He's, right. he, he's a real brilliant guy. God has used him a long way. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that the, one of the things that we need to really glean from what we're even sharing here today is the understanding that we need to be very careful um, to not, again, you've mentioned it, but I'll mention it again, emphasizing it, 
to be conformed to this world. Uh, we are unique in Christ. We are saved by uh, his sacrifice and through his blood that was shed on Calvary. And because of that, we have this uniqueness, this great uh, freedom. And people are not used to be completely free. And, and even us Christians, we have a tendency to um, uh, bind ourselves up in our own self-chains that, uh, that we don't need to be. And, of course, then Satan takes root in some of those areas. And, and what we need to do is continue to remind ourselves that we are free and free indeed. But the, the conforming, uh, we, need to be, we need to have a, a high sensitivity. Just here recently, just, what, two or three days ago, um, there was a representative of, uh, of uh, Missouri, I guess it was, and, and um, was praying for the 117th Congress uh, to go into order. And, and because of some of these new rules and different things that Congress brought together, uh, he ends, and, and this is not even the biggest part of the whole prayer, but he ends his prayer in, and most people that are listening to this are, are going to be shaking their heads or, yeah. or you know, uh, just dry, it drives me crazy. But he said, amen and a woman. And, and I had not, and nothing. Amen means so be yes, it. So it has be nothing to do with gender. Nothing whatsoever. God. But even, but what was, what was very troubling to me was right before that. He's, he he um, prayed to a monotheistic god in the name of Brahma, and mm-hmm. all other names to all of other to all other from all other religions, uh, meaning the same god. Now, that's politically correctness. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Oh, that's what we're talking about. Here. That's the thing, and we need that's to be problem. making sure that we're sensitive. You probably. Very, I don't know. I just about came off my. I don't know I don't if know. you were there or not. But that lady pastor in Freeport, mm. Stacy's, I think it was maybe even the last baccalaureate. Oh, yeah. She read from the Quran. Oh, did she? Mm. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I, I just couldn't. <sighs> they're not the same. They're, they're not the same. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. No one, absolutely no one comes to the Father except through me. We That's are right. narrow minded. Narrow the narrows the it talks about narrow the gate. Yeah. And speaking of the Quran, I wanna I wanna <clears throat> I want to let people know across the airwaves here that that in Iran, the the one of the fastest growing churches of G, for Jesus Christ is in Iran. Yeah. By by coming to understanding that this Quran is full of holes and is full of of things that are absolute opposite of what um can be had with Jesus Christ. Now, you remember that guy wrote that book in England about that. They murdered him. Mm. See, we, <laughs> we just need to stay true and do not be fearful of, of things that are going to attack you for understanding that, you know, again, base everything in the Word, then allow the Holy Spirit to speak wisdom into your mind, but don't speak, uh, don't post until you've understood what you're you, clearly through that wisdom, through the truth, that that you can then uh, present this if you would like. Mm-hmm. I did this the other day with that prayer. I was very careful. I wanted to make sure that I knew 
what if this was not just a clip or a made up meme or something no, like that? No, it was a deal. It was I listened to it. the whole yeah. prayer. In fact, I posted the whole prayer, but made sure that I got clarity through all that. But here's the thing, deal. The reason why I posted it is because we do need to recognize that this kind of stuff is happening. We need to we understand and understand throughout not only the US but the world that we need to maintain uh, our um, lives for Jesus Christ. We have got to do that and stay steadfast and continue to remain on His truth. So well, I, you, you know, are unique and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, wonderfully made by our Creator. And so recognize that as we move Amen. forward. So thank you, Pastor, for bringing that to us this coming Sunday and we'll be praying over you as you do. Well, Pastor, why don't you lead us out in prayer and uh, we'll wrap this time up together. But uh, yeah. Lord, we love you and uh, help us this year to follow your instructions because you know best and you know what's best for our lives or for our families. It's when we get off that pass, when we get in bad, we get over wallowing around in the mud and it drags us down and, and there's consequences that we have to deal with and live with. And nobody wants to, to do that, Lord, not unless there are consequences created well, you, Holy Spirit. So uh, help, us to, help us to be true to your word and to stay focused on you, Lord, and uh, to see the worth that you've placed within each one of your children, that we are unique. There's nobody just like us. And right. you, you want to put your hand on us and guide us in our lives. And uh, you want us to be a witness for you. You want us to be salt and light. And uh, as I've said uh, here in this message, Lord, we're never going to be politically correct because your standards, your truth goes against the world. It cuts against the grain, and that causes people to be offended. So uh, just help us to stay loving, Lord. We can say what we need to say in love and not be judgmental and harsh. So just, I just pray that for all these folks, Lord, the, whom, I, whom I love. We love you, God. We give you praise and glory, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us here at the podcast here at Crossroads 98. And uh, you can check out our website at www.crossroads98.com and uh, find out more. But until next week, we'll say goodbye and thank you so much again for joining us. Bye-bye.